we would get on a phone call and, and we would ask the other person, did you hit your goals for the week? And then the other person would repeat back either yes or no. If the answer was yes, then it was like, great, how can we increase the goal? And if the answer was no, it's like, well, what happened? And it was once that section of the phone call was set and good, and it's like, okay, great, what's the goal for next week? And then we would go into like a Q&A period where I would ask him something unique that happened in my business that I want his opinion on, and yeah. he, would, he would do the same. And before you knew it, I would have uh, clarity. Uh, when my, my head would hit the pillow on Sunday night, I had such clarity and excitement to tackle the Monday and what came next. So it was just so great. Actually, not great. It was so detrimental. It was so important to have that. that I cannot stress it enough. And I, till this day, every Sunday night, I get on the phone call with Austin and we talk about what are we doing in our life and how can we hold each other accountable. accountable. Welcome to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. My name is Chris Thompson, your host of the show and the head coach of the Student Works Management Program. This is a show dedicated to young and ambitious entrepreneurs and ultimately the leaders of tomorrow. Each week, we will bring you an inspiring interview or message to help you create the future you know you deserve. Let's get started. Hi, leaders. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. It's Friday, December 16th, and this is going to be the first podcast of the year. We're going to be uh, launching our new calendar on January the 9th. And uh, I just wanted to recap 2022, another record-breaking year. And we're really, really excited about the coming season. We've got over 300 operators uh, signed on for, for an incredible season. And we've just made so much progress in the business, continue to make progress, incredible coaches, incredible operators, and incredible team heading into this new season. So we wanted to start this season. We had a a fantastic orientation uh, in late November, and we had Amir Abushakra, one of our uh, record-breaking operators, broke the $500,000 mark, moved it from about high 200s to 300,000 in one season. And um, he's gone on to uh, develop a trade art consulting business, which is really, he spent, I think, two years really challenged to, to make it work. And now he is really, really crushing it, creating all sorts of values for his customers. And in our orientation, he came on and created incredible value for our operators and really made a huge difference in their in their mindsets and their thinking. So what I thought I would do is take one of his podcasts that we did. It's it's number 113 and have him come back and in that amazing year he basically created six rules of success. Um and he drew inspiration from entrepreneurs like Mark Zuckerberg, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos. The six rules were and are always keep your word, trust your team, Trust the power of input, have someone hold you accountable, you promote what you permit, and have the will to conquer and dominate. I know you're going to love this podcast, and this will get you set up for having an incredible year in the 2023 season, no matter what you were up to. So, you know why we put these podcasts out is to you know, have people identify us with their friends, with anybody else about coming on and participating with our program as leaders. So uh, if you know anybody, you can send them to studentworks.com. You can shoot me an email at cthompson at studentworks.com. Any feedback about the show, any ideas or any referrals, or you can have someone hit the link on the show notes to come and apply. And now they're applying for the 2024 season. Thanks so much. Have a fantastic day and excited to get started for 2023 for our best year ever. So Amir, um, thank you so much for joining the uh, Leaders of Tomorrow for a second time and and really excited about about digging into last year. You know, I, 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 uh, we had the opportunity to work together, which was, which was amazing and is amazing. And so you set just this enormous, scary goal. And it so resonated yeah. with me because I've got this enormous, scary goal of creating a thousand billionaires and it frightens me and it scares me. And I know you set this huge, huge goal. And 
you just went out and achieved it. Like, holy jumping. Congratulations. Thank you, Chris. Thank you so much. Yeah, it was uh, the, the entire uh, process. It was, it was actually very interesting because for me to actually achieve this goal and not stress about it, I had to not look at it. Mm-hmm. And instead of looking at the back end, I started looking at the front end. Yeah. So, you know, for example, if somebody has the goal of, of buying a very nice car, yeah. instead of thinking, oh, I need, you know, let's say $100,000, uh, that would, oh, you'd wake up, you'd look at your bank account. It's like, it's oh, not there. it's so not far. There. There's it's no not there. <laughs> whereas whereas what, I, what I started framing it as is, okay, every morning I'm going to set aside, you know, $15. Mm-hmm. And at, and every night, instead of you know drinking outside, I'll just you know drink at home or something. And yeah, or instead of eating out, I'll cook at home. Yes. And then before you know it, you're at like forty thousand dollars, and it's like, where did this money come from? This is crazy. Yeah. So it was very similar with the five hundred k business goal, and I, I think uh, that's why I always like to uh, study big corporations and see how they operate. I mean, they have massive teams that kind of figure out the niche already. So mm-hmm. if you just copy them, then surely you're at least at 90% efficiency. Um, so what they do is that, you know, they have like quarterly goals that yeah. they have to satisfy for their shareholders. So they're not looking at the 1 billion or the 100 billion revenue goal at the end of yeah. the year. They're looking at, okay, well, this quarter, we know it's a slow quarter. So yeah. let's expect 30 here. The yeah. next quarter is going to be our biggest one. Let's expect 50. And yeah. then the next one's like 20 and 10 and whatever the math works out to. But that's, that's how I, I, I decided to frame it out uh, so it doesn't overwhelm me. Because I, I remember I can go through my messages. There was a Snapchat group uh, that was a part of the bunch of StudentWorks operators. I remember it was like January 16th. I can try pull it up. And I remember just messaging the group chat. It's like, I am having massive anxiety. Like somebody yeah. call me right now. I don't know if this was a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Which and, is awesome. Yeah, it is awesome. And by the way, it is, it is you are 100% right. One of our former senior uh, leaders, he's, he's done the podcast with us. He was running a billion dollar piece of Home Depot's business, which is a hundred plus billion dollar business. And he said that it really did work a lot like that. He goes, Chris, yeah. I'm not running a billion dollars worth of businesses. I have all sorts of businesses that funnel up to create this billion. And so does, so does Home Depot. So it, so it is smaller and smaller pieces to really, again, um, construct it in its small steps. And, and I know one, one, we got a big chunk. Um, Amir, by the way, created a game. So we're going to go and talk about that, but that's a little bit later in the possible. What, like what small steps made all the difference for you to achieve 500 k so one of the things that I think are a bit underrated is just the way I saw my life in general. Right. Okay. So I remember I was just tired of the idea of me working a job when I'm 40 and 50. Just like I, I didn't like it. I want, I want to be a stay-at-home dad. That's like one of my ultimate goals. I just don't want, uh, you know, while well, I'm raising my kids or whatever, I want to be there with them as much as possible. Right. And I just understood that, okay, well, to do that, I have this shot. There, here's this, I'm a very privileged guy to be in this country, to have this opportunity. Here's right. this thing, you know, you, you approached me uh, two years ago with this opportunity. You trusted me with your brand. And I saw, okay, well, I'm, I'm 19 years old. Uh, I don't have a mortgage. I don't have kids. Uh, I, don't, I don't have a wife or anything like that. Um, this would be the most optimal time. If, you, if I look at my whole life, if I put my whole life on a chart where how much free time I have, yeah. I'm like at the best of it where, you know, my brain's fully developed. I'm smart enough. I have the communication skills and I have the most time. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What am I going to do with this? Yeah. Well, now I have this opportunity. So the way I shaped it was, I'm like, okay, you know what? I kind of wanted to see if all the books actually meant what they were talking about. Right. Uh, all the podcasts that I listened to, all yeah. the motivational speakers, like Les Brown specifically, he would always you know, bounce off my head and say, you got to go chase that dream and, right. and all that. So I said, fine. You know what, guys? I'll do it. I'm going right. to give this a shot. But to do this right, I just committed to as much as possible, which basically meant what are the bare bones essentials of my life? And I went all the way down Maslow's high creative needs, and I just focused on like the bottom two. 
mm-hmm. which was when am I eating during the day? Where am I sleeping? Right. Um, what do I have to do? So I have to go to school. That's like a half do that I have to do. Yeah. And then that's pretty much it. Everything else was like a bonus. So it was okay. like, you know, I'm lucky enough to live with my parents and, yeah. and, and all that. So, and my business was within my neighborhood. So the commute time was, was pretty, was pretty good. Um, and if it wasn't, then I would just have to adjust the commute time. So it, it was a small variable. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. Um, so I basically say, okay, well, school from 11, you know, from like 10 to four, yeah. and I have all this time. Yes. So, you know, then I said, okay, well, in the mornings from eight to 10, I'll do a lot of the school stuff from four to five, I'll do some homework. And then from five to nine, I'm going to build my business. Yeah. And if I wanted to hang out with friends, I'll make sure it's after nine 30. That was, right. those are the rules I said to myself. Like yeah. if I want to do something fun, it has to be after nine 30. And the only, uh, the, the conditions have to be met for me to do that. So the conditions were school, homework, business. Yeah. So then when I wake up, it was like, I just knew what I had to do. There yes. was no muck. There was no political party here and school club here. I had all of that and I just eliminated it. I had like right. you know, Toastmasters here, thing here, landmark here, get that out the way. I've yeah. got the tools that I wanted. Now it's time to sit down and take action. Actually do work, like eat dirt, as they would say. Eat dirt. And, yeah. and I was willing to do it. And that framework, that's one of the small things that, I can't put an explanation mark. It was just it just made sense when the clock struck five thirty. It meant like I had my my knuckle had to hit a door. Yes, that's what that meant. Yeah. So everything before that, it doesn't matter. At five thirty, that's what's happening. Yeah. And then at eight thirty, that means I will shut with my left hand, reaches out, closes the car door, and it was yeah. time to call a lead at eight thirty. Yeah. And right. when nine o'clock came along, I knew a phone call was coming from one of my uh, business partners, managers, employees. Right. And, it, and it was like, when I looked at the clock, I just knew what was happening. Right. And that gave me a sense of certainty and confidence in that small little inputs. And that was so, so, so important. Yeah. So, so I hope all our, our, our leaders are really tuning into this. Structure gives us freedom. Like, so Amir really has very, very clear structures you know, last season to achieve what he wanted. And, and again, when people are looking to achieve really great things, it takes structure, you know? So it's like, you know, here are the things that he made a commitment to. So, um, you know, and the, 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 the thing that really I find just so powerful is, is your commitment. So you started to canvas and made a commitment to canvas from Monday, was it January? What day? So January 7th, I made a commitment that I would canvas three hours every evening, uh, Monday to Friday. Monday to Friday. And that lasted until the rafting trip, which is a major event at Student Works Management Program, which is the middle of July. So Actually, I I misspoke because my Monday nights were dedicated um, for, uh, I had a commitment that was already set from beforehand. So it was actually just Tuesday to Friday. Okay. okay. It was four days. Okay. That was it. But it was so consistent that it, 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 it was exponential. Right. So, so Tuesday to Friday, it was four days. And, but in my rookie year, it was Monday to Friday. Right. Just an FYI. And, FYI. and, the, way, and the way I mi- mitigated that missing day, it wasn't actually missing. It was just relocated somewhere else. So my su- Saturday mornings now consisted of three hours of phone call. Right. So those three hours actually never disappeared. Right. Just so, you know, for yeah, clarification. Exactly. And then all of the rest of all day, Saturday, Sunday was estimates. Est- estimates. 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 Sitting estimates, down estimates. with a client, saying what's up, making yeah. a deal, getting yeah. to it, you know, following the structures in the book. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and so, so for, our, for all of our leaders listening, you know, when you set up a structure, just how consistent are you to that? You know, what type of integrity do you want to have in the higher level of integrity you have the more your life will work it's not right or wrong it's just the more your life will work right and that's and that's what's what's happened and so so amir are you know did $190,000 more business than any other operator had ever done 310,000 to 500,000 because of just that much higher level of i think a, a bigger game plan and then a higher level of integrity to sort of just make sure that this is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and I know one framework you were in um, this past weekend in our Toronto's, uh, uh, Toronto training, 
and and you were you were sharing your game. So mm. I just loved your game. Uh, mm. It really resonated with all of our all of our operators. It re- resonated with the senior management team. I would love for you to share your game with our listeners. Thank you. Um, so thanks for acknowledging that was uh, the game and its rules uh, was yes. something very near and dear to me. And I, and I had to actually dig deep to pull that out. And so let me explain some, some pre-context so this makes sense. I think anybody who's listening, who's felt like they've, they've always been looking up towards um, success. Yes. It's like, ah, oh, I've never achieved it, but I'm doing all these things and I can't seem to break through. It's just right. like, one job to the next. It's like tip up, you know, working at a restaurant or at, at a re- anywhere else, like whatever it is. It, it always seemed like why, at least for me, it was like, why are all these people getting so successful? What about me? Why am I getting left behind? Like what is actually missing? Right. And then I would go back and I would consume more content on YouTube and Instagram about these, you know, very successful people saying what to do. And I basically said, okay, fine. I was very pessimistic. I had a very strong, so I, I was born and raised in the country of Jordan where the only way to success was through connections and pulling strings and all right. that. It didn't really matter how hard you worked or anything. Right. So that was kind of ingrained in me subconsciously. And I said, all right, well, I got nothing here and I'm really angry at where I am right now. So here's what I'm going to do. I am going to prove all these very wealthy people wrong, that they're right. just actually selling snake oil it's not how it works yeah so i had to come up with a game plan so it's well documented and that when i do approach these very famous people with this sort of you know quote-unquote case study of how you know i wanted to say how in the past two years i've done everything you told me and it didn't work right so i was ready to prove everybody wrong but to do that i needed to have a set of rules to follow with any case study there's some parameters you have to follow and what I've basically done was I've obsessively studied uh, four different people. It was Mark Zuckerberg, uh, Elon Musk, Shaquille O'Neal, and Jeff Bezos. And all these people, you can look them up individually. You'll have hours of content to uncover. But yeah. for example, most people don't know about, uh, just to share about Shaq. Shaq. He used to uh, own 155 um, Five Guys restaurants, 150 car washes, 40 24-hour fitnesses. So... And he was one of the first people to invest in Google. So he's amounted half a billion dollar empire um, by himself. So what I basically said, okay, let me study these guys and let me see what things they have. So here were the six rules that these billionaires played. Right. And I was ready to play their game and prove them wrong. So the first rule was always keep your word, no matter what. So what I noticed was whenever these people set out they would always set out with targets. And no matter what happened, they would keep their word. So a a great example of this is how Elon Musk sold his company. uh, I think it was X.com to PayPal, which is now PayPal. And he made, I think, close to 200 million off of the deal. He then took all of the money and said that he's going to solve three different problems, one in solar, uh, one with like cars, and one regarding the space. But for this example, let's just focus on space and like cars. So he put all his money into Tesla and all his money into SpaceX. Yeah. SpaceX had three, I believe it was three failed launches where like the rocket just completely obliterated and failed. And there was one more left. He just scrounged enough money up for one more launch. And it, it was it was all set for that one launch. And if it failed, all of his investors will be out of their mind to put in any more money. Like that was right. it. Right. And he was, there was a 60 minutes. It's probably one of my favorite interviews to go back on. It's just this one clip. It's like 15 seconds where the reporter looks at Elon and, and said, you know, before that fourth uh, rocket launch, you know, was there a time where you thought like, okay, let's just pack it up. Like if there, three times it failed, like that's it. And the camera zooms in on Elon. He starts tearing up. And you can tell this is very deep. And that's why I, I wrote it down here as a, as a rule. Right. Because when, when it draws such emotion from such a, an exemplary individual, you know it's real. Right. And he said, he looked him dead in the eye. He's like, I will never give up. I'd rather die than give up. Right. It's because he gave his word to making yeah. this work. Yeah. 
And that was incredible to see. So he kept mm-hmm. his word no matter what. And what do you know? The fourth launch succeeded. Right. And he got a whole bunch of money in. And SpaceX was able to close multiple contracts with NASA. And that company is on its own there. It's doing amazing. Right. But then that leads beautifully to the second rule, which is if you truly want to achieve a lot of freedom and financial success, whether it's running a corporation or a business as an executive or as a manager anywhere, you need to trust your team beyond your comfort zone. So the entire infrastructure of a lot of these businesses are built on the people you hire. Absolutely. And you need, you must trust your team beyond your comfort zone. That's so crucial. And it's something that I was always banging up against. Right. So I, I really stress tested this in my summer to the point where uh, I didn't really actively seek to learn how to master my painting skills. Yeah. Whereas I just hired somebody really knew about painting and I trusted him to train my painters, to pick up the paint, to do the touch-ups with the clients. Um, and, and handle all that side of the business that has never been done before. Everything that I've done in, in my business this summer was sort of <clears throat> actually stress testing these rules. Right. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go canvassing through the snow, negative 35 degrees. So I'm going to keep my word there. I'm going to trust my team beyond my comfort zone to the point where like my dad would come up to me and say, hey, man, I've done this before. Like I've gotten ripped off. I had people telling me like this doesn't make sense. Right. Um, and I still did anyways. I was actually, the whole time, I was hoping somebody was going to really screw up and betray me. Right. And, and, and it just, it didn't happen because everything was set up properly with integrity. I remember getting this phone call. I was crossing over the United States border. Uh, I believe it was August 6th. And I got this phone call. One of my painters uh, spilt five gallons of paint on the driveway of our worst client. Right. It was like the most impatient. Challenging client, yeah. And while they were cleaning it up, the paint spilt on the other neighbor who hated the first neighbor and was even more of a nefarious individual. Right. So I got two phone calls back to back of a of a threat of a lawsuit and heavy like swearing. Like you can hear the spit just coming out of this guy's (laughs) mouth. It was incredible of the first client and then the second client called and it was even more outrageous. It was like he was giving birth. It was incredible <laughs> howling that was happening. And I'm in this car in the back seat. Uh, literally my phone went from 4G to roaming in the middle of these conversations and I'm going to the United States. And all I did was I called my managers and I said, hey, we have this problem. I can't handle it. We talked about this. We have uh, plans for this. Let's right. just execute and let me know if there's any way I can help. Right. And then that was it. And I hung up the phone and they dealt with it. Amazing. Hey, leaders. I hope you are enjoying this podcast. As we approach and surpass 300 episodes, well over 95% of the leaders that we have interviewed have been alumni of the Student Works Management Program. It has been an honor to participate in their development over the years. Starting now and only for the fall months, We will be on campus at universities and colleges in Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down the path of entrepreneurship. If you are interested in being a leader in our program or know someone who does, please go to the show notes and hit Student Works and get sent to a landing page to apply. There is a bold student works that you can hit to go to a landing page to apply. Thanks so much. Back to the show. So one of the things about trust your team beyond their comfort zone. So there's, to me, there's that in it of itself is really powerful. Okay. And, and every leader, you know, needs to take that on. But there's another big piece that made it really possible so that it, because you could trust your team beyond your comfort zone and actually be out of integrity. Totally. And how you could do that is by actually not doing what you did to recruit great people. So, mm. so maybe you can talk about just kind of the steps that you did to go recruit great people so that, um, so that you actually had people who you could trust beyond your comfort zone. 
Yeah, so that's a great question. Thank you, Chris. And it came down to, it was having really fierce, honest, straight conversations from the get-go. Right. From the get-go. I'm like, hey, man, I'm going to be very straight with you. You're going to be doing a lot of work that it's not fun. You're going to be working ridiculous hours. You mm-hmm. will not have some of your weekends, okay? Yeah. And you're going to be problem solving a lot of headaches. And at the end of the summer, um, I will make more money than you. Right. And it's so important to set these sort of expectations because, yes, so yes, they're obviously making a lot of money, like, you know, multiples over any other student in their right. position over the summer. But it's these small things that are sometimes taboo to talk about that right. are important to just throw right there. Right. And by doing so, you also do another thing at the same time simultaneously is you're testing like how easily do they get shocked or, or moved from their foundational beliefs. Mm-hmm. So it would have easily been like that conversation be like, oh, wow, like this just doesn't, I was thinking this was totally going to be something else. Like, thanks. And then right. they walk away, which is what you want. You want people to walk away. Exactly. Because they're you know they just you're you're both saving each other's time and and, yeah. and energy so it was a lot of these conversations where they would say oh no i still want to do this like this is what i'm looking for and then i would ask them why like are you crazy like, why do you want this right and then they had to explain to me why they wanted to spend eight hours a day you know holding a power washer neck right. down getting soaked in water in the cold um and not even being able to listen to music because the power right. washer's so loud why right. do you want to do that? Right. Why do you want to get yelled at by a client? Why do you have to be the one who manages a broken window and, and all that stuff? So it's just really trusting them that they trust themselves. And to do that, you're going to have to throw at them worst case scenarios. My entire right. business was planned around worst case scenarios. Right. And by planning, you know, we're, we're hoping for the best, but planning for the worst. And when that worst comes, they're prepared for it. And so, oh, yeah. So, so, um, you know, I always love numbers. So, so how to, to get those, you know, great people in your business, how many interviews did you need to do Amir? Mm. To, you know, so what the, was the ratio? The most important individual in my business was my business manager. Yeah, uh, his ben. name is ben, ben Cook. So yeah. Ben, if you're listening, shout out, shout, out, shout out Ben. Shout out Ben. Of course. Uh-huh. And I had act, actually been actively seeking an individual since, uh, since November before the the so four months beforehand yes and uh ben was actually a painter in my business who right. called in late um he called in mid-may and said hey like he doesn't have any jobs and I had a rigorous interview with him and i again trusted him and, and his and his sister to do a lot of the work and i did a lot of interviews looked for a lot of people and then i started looking within my own organization for people who wanted to step their game up right and I had a conversation with him Actually, no. Um, I took my, my dad's advice and he said, don't approach your people yet. Wait until it's almost too late. So wait till January and then go approach them. And the reason he told me that is he wanted to see, will they approach me first? Oh, okay. And Ben did. Ben made okay. that phone call. And that's how I knew already that's a, that's a check mark. Like he's, he's being proactive and he sees this as an opportunity that fits within his game plan. Right. So once that was done, then it's like, okay, great. Now it's time to stress test him. But before Ben, like, again, I'm always planning for the worst. I was interviewing people on Indeed nonstop. I believe I sat down with close to 20 people right. and, have, and have made formal proposals uh, three times where it's like we, you know, we sat down in a room, had a serious conversation, laid them out the, the compensation plan, and three people said no. Okay. Um, Right. And it just, it shows, shows, uh, the rigorousness to, you know, it, it, it's life doesn't happen by accident. Mm. Right. So it's, 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 you know, you get great people because you put the time in, it doesn't just occur. You put the time in, you, you, you interview, you interview, you stress test them, mm. you know, you answer all, ask all these questions, you put big scenarios in front of them. So, so that's fantastic. So trusting your team beyond your comfort zone. So number three in Emir's game, what was the number, what was the number three rule? Uh, number three is one that I actually enjoyed the most out of these rules. Um, one of the ones I enjoyed the most was trust the power of input. Yeah. So what is input? So it could look like in a business as you know, uh, 
number of emails sent, numbers of direct messages sent on Instagram, um, number of comments left on a video, um, numbers of doors knocked, numbers of leads called, numbers Mm -hmm. of businesses approached, uh, numbers of politicians networked with, numbers of cards given out, um, numbers of interviews given, um, amount of money invested in an ad campaign. Right. Uh, These are all, this is all just hard data. It's just at the very, very, very top of any funnel. And I chose to trust the power of input. This was something that Michael Hawley had taught me. And uh, Michael Hawley played a huge role in in StudentWorks as well, and as well Mm. in, in teaching me this very crucial concept. And he always told me, go for no. Mm -hmm. And he broke it down uh, in this context. So this is a context that we're going to keep within like a a student painting industry. In the student painting industry, uh, on average, in an an average neighborhood, you can knock on 30 doors within an hour. And every 30 doors, around 17 of those doors actually have people behind them uh, who will open the door. Right. And every 17 people that tell you no is one individual who will say yes. And what do I mean by a yes? It's like, yes, I'll give you my phone number. And then you need four phone numbers to set up an, uh, an appointment, and you need two appointments for one to actually confirm. Right. But that, we don't have to focus on that. Let's just focus on the 17 to one. So then I started rewiring my brain. Michael helped me rewire my brain to start looking for no's. Mm. So when I knock on a door and there's nobody home, I'd be like, oh, okay, nobody was home, that's fine. You know, that would never usually bother anybody. Right. But then when somebody would open the door, already the dopamine would start hitting my brain. It's like, yes, no matter what this interaction happens, I'm coming out as a winner because I'm either collecting a no or I'm collecting a phone number. Right. So then it was, I started getting really excited to getting no's. Right. And it basically broke down to running a 500K business. I needed to have 11,000 people say no to me. Yes. And that was amazing. And that's yeah. the power of input. And yeah. I just had to know, well, if it was 11,000 no's that are needed, how many no's can I get in an hour? That's right. how many hours I have to spend marketing, right. canvassing, et cetera. And that's what I had to do. Yeah. And, yes. and it just became so much fun. And it's not that stressful. Whenever I didn't hit my goal, I can be like, okay, great. I was assuming a higher booking rate than I should have. Yeah. I was assuming a higher turnover in appointments than I should have. Great. Let me go knock on more doors. <laughs> and, and there can be randomness, right? And, and so, so over time, because there's only two things that matter. It's mm. the input mm. and then my effectiveness, yes. right? And so I know we worked on getting your effectiveness better and better. And I know you worked on getting your effectiveness better and better. And in fact, your effectiveness was in the game in the long run better than you expected. For but sure. it was just relying on, I'm willing to do that uh, input to get the goal that I want. And, yes. and, and, and you just, you, there, there's so much less stress in your life when that's what it is, right? Like the, I, I want leaders to, to tune into that. It's like, okay, I can, like, I know I can hit that uh, efficiency. So I'm just going to do that input mm. and everything should roll out, right? Yeah. There really is some peace to that. And, 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 and I, and that's why I wanted that. that that's, that's one of the, the main things or one of the real, I love this rule, you know, you know, just, just trusting the, the power of input. It's great. And I think it's, uh, there is actually a power in mm-hmm. itself. Oh, yes. Um, then what comes after that is it's very hard to do a lot of these things alone. Yes. So us as humans, we're born social creatures. It's just what it is. We've, we've always grown up in tribes of, you know, 150 to 200. Mm-hmm. And we need others for validation. No yeah. matter how much of a stoic you are or whatnot, you still need human interaction. Yeah. And so it is extremely crucial to have somebody to hold you accountable. And I love that phrasing, hold you accountable. Yeah. It's like you're, you're going to slip and somebody's right there, holds you, you know, grabs your shoulder got, and has you stabilize. Yeah. So what I did was um, I still remember, uh, and I talked about this um, in, in my own podcast, uh, which we'll go to in a second, but. I still remember the moment uh, and, and, and the time and the place that I called a person in, my, in the Stoneworks uh, franchise 
who was number one in the leaderboards. His name was right. Austin Trudeau. And I gave him a phone call and I said, hey, man, I just noticed you're absolutely crushing it on the, on the sales end. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what's, what advice do you have? And slowly right. we started building. He would call me for advice on production. I'll call him advice on recruiting. And slowly we built this relationship where we sat down and said, hey, let's get together every Sunday at 9.30 p.m. Let's get on a phone call for half an hour right. on the dot. And let's not talk about any muck or anything like that. Let's just talk about efficient topics. Right. And we would get on a phone call and, and we would ask, you know, the other person, did you hit your goals for the week? Right. And the other person would repeat back either yes or no. If mm-hmm. the answer was yes, then it was like, great. How can we increase the goal? Mm-hmm. And if the answer was no, it's like, well, what happened? And it was once that section of the phone call was 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 set and good and it's like okay great what's the goal for next week right and and then we would go into like a QA period where i would ask him something unique that happened in my business that i want his opinion on and yeah. he would he would do the same and before you knew it i would have uh, clarity uh, when my my head would hit the pillow on sunday night i had such clarity and excitement to tackle the monday right and what came next right so it was just so great yeah uh, to have that and Actually, not great. It was so detrimental. It was so important to have that that I cannot stress it enough. And I, till this day, every Sunday night, I get on the phone call with Austin and we talk mm-hmm. about what are we doing in our life and how can we hold each other accountable. Accountable. Yeah. And so, so accountability, buddies, is so important. And and I and and so you know beyond you know your coach or a direct report, it's 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 that. It's that accountability, right? You know, one person to one person. And, and, and again, just to, to throw this in, just in case you don't know, Amir has a podcast called The Weekly Call. I highly recommend it. Uh, I've been listening um, and, and catching up to the old, uh, old content. So, mm-hmm. so um, uh, Amir, Austin, and John are on it. And, uh, you know, fascinating conversation. Highly recommend uh, to put it on your, on your sub- subscription. So Thank you, Chris, r- yeah. rule, rule number five. And I just want to tag on to that. Sure. Like the, the, main, the main goal of the existence of our podcast, if you listen in, it's so that you can go out and have a weekly call with somebody. Right. Like it's one of the few podcasts where it's like instead of, us, instead of you listening to us once a week, we want you to also have your own phone call. Yes. So the, idea, the ideal scenario is that you replace our weekly listen-ins. Call to your own call. So you build your own business. Awesome. And, awesome. and that's, that's what I love. And thank you, Chris, for, for, the, for the shout out. I really do appreciate it. Now, number oh, five, yeah. number five is, is, uh, is stemmed off from a, from a quote that I heard that I, that I wanted to test. It was, it was said by a lot of people from the list that I mentioned, the Jeff Bezos, Elon, and all that. And it was, uh, you promote what you permit. Yeah. You promote what you permit. So then, Another way to understand it is what I have it written down here formally is never compromise on your rules. Yeah. Like never. So if somebody's, I remember uh, somebody was one minute late. Yeah. And I had this thought go through my head and I was like, oh, oh, I don't want to be that guy. Like everybody's having such a good time and we're coming close to the end of the season. And, and this is like a senior person in my business who's done exceptional things. And, and then I stopped myself and it's like, holy moly, what is the significance? The fact of the matter is he was late and he just had, you know, you just have to acknowledge that he was and then move on. And that's it. Mm-hmm. Us as human beings, we have this default uh, method of adding a lot of morality to a lack of integrity. So right. that was a bit heavy. So let me, let me unpack it. Morality, simply put, is right and wrong. Right. Like the morals that exist in the world. Right. And for some reason, we say that it's wrong for somebody to be late. Right. Actually, like, that's not true. It's just not workable. Right. Like, if we're looking at the context of workability, it's just not workable for somebody to be late. It's not actually Absolutely. wrong. It's just not workable. And that's what the integrity is. So I, would, I, I approached him and I said, hey, man, you're one minute late. Like, look, you know, what, what do you have? Uh, you know, what's the reason? Uh, what are you going to do differently to prevent it? And uh, what are some impacts that, that, that could have 
you know, come across from something like this. Right. Uh, another example was my best employee. He would paint houses at three to four times the speed of an average individual with twice the quality. Wow. He was incredible. And he, he wasn't that expensive either. So I got a great deal for that employee. Um, but two weeks in, all of a sudden, he started always showing up five to 10 minutes late. Right. So if we started at nine, he would show up at like nine ten, And then we said, okay, we'll just start. We'll tell the client we're starting at nine ten, And then he would show up at nine twenty. Wow. And then we said, okay, well, we're going to tell him that we're starting at nine, but then we'll tell the client that he was going to show up at nine ten, and he would show up at nine twenty. And it was like, he was perfect just from afar of like 10 minutes late. That was it. Right. He was just, his inefficiency was 10 minutes late. And that's what it was to my amateur eyes. But then I took a step back and actually looked at it because him being late and me not doing anything was actually speaking wonders, paragraphs. It was dialogues full of, of, of content to my managers. Right. And my other employees. Yes. So it was the, like the third time he's done this. And I, and I remember back to the expectation document that I've built on my, my business on and the foundation. And again, rule number one, always keep your word. And right. I told my people, if you're late more than three times, you're gone. Right. You're gone. It's done. Right. And I, and I made the phone call and I fired him that day. And I remember my manager going up to me and it was like time to like pick up some equipment. And he just gave me a handshake and he says, I can't wait to wrap up this day. Um, I'm sure we'll find somebody else. And it was just incredible uh, to see. I remember we were all walking differently that day because we knew this business wasn't just about the people involved. It's not just about the client. It's about something much bigger. It's about mm -hmm. bettering all of our lives. Right. Even bettering the individual that I fired. Right. Because he gets a wake-up call like, wow, like these top uh, companies are willing to stand at nothing to achieve their goals and their visions. Right. And this leads me to number six. And you can do all five and just be a great middle-class individual. Like you can do all of this and still be middle class and you can still work nine to five and, and not actually do a huge impact. But right. number six is the ability. Actually, it's a, it's a need. And you have to have the will to conquer and dominate. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Shaquille O'Neal, Mark Zuckerberg, Bill Gates, it goes on, Sarah Blakely, it goes on and on and on and on. The greatest men and women that have ever lived always had the will to conquer and dominate. Either it was countries, either it was uh, companies, industries, you name it. That's was what driven them. If you read the autobiographies, you'll find this was common with anything. Right. And all of a sudden, when you have this will to conquer and dominate, there's, a, there's something else that, that, that sparks around you. And it becomes that being around this individual who wants to conquer and dominate, it starts demanding greatness from the people around you. They start walking differently. They start looking in the mirror differently, associating to themselves differently. And all of a sudden it becomes a prestige. You become a part of a class of a group of people who are out there to dominate. And I've always said this, you know, one of my great, I had just had this need to drive out every single painting company in my postal code. I didn't like the idea that there was a, a van or a paint van in the area. It just mean, meant that they got to a client before I did. Right. And I didn't, and it's just something, I'm super competitive. And when it came to that, it was just, I remember one of my painters coming up to me, he's like, hey, I'm not sure like what happened to this company. Like I've never seen them. And I remember driving um, somewhere uh, a bit outside of my postal area to meet with a, with a client. And I remember seeing their van there. And I, and I realized they, in reaction to my business, they shifted their entire business operation a bit north. Mm -hmm. And, and and ever since that day, like you can tell, everybody just was willing to give their all because nobody was not giving their all and we were, we were just progressing and, and dominating. And it's just a, 
there's such primacy to something like this. Uh, us as humans, we, we have this need to always progress. Like we put a man on the moon multiple times. Like why? There's, there's no, there's no money up there. There's nothing. Right. We have this will to just conquer everything around us, like us as humans. And you, if you can replicate, repl replicate that in a marketplace, uh, you will be unstoppable. Um, but you can't do that if you don't have people to hold you accountable. You can't do that if you compromise on that, your rules. That, you can't that do that. All rolls that. Yeah, that yeah, all rolls yeah. up, right? Like, like it's you know, in the those first five are really that's that's what it's about, right? And the, and the, and and the conquer and dominate is really about doing those five things. And, yeah. and you know, so 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 to me, that's that's what I I, I would love our leaders to 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 really look at. Um, you know, to me, that's what most resonates with, with, with my view of the world and, and, and just the power of how a, a, a young guy, 21 year old, is that right? 21, 22, 21, 21, 21, yeah. 21 in full-time school does a half million dollars for the business. Like, like, you know, just, just, just incredible, incredible. And, and, um, and just, you know, such a big game um to to go do that and 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 enrolling all sorts of people in this in this uh in this uh this quest um and it has been a quest and uh and what's what's also i want to acknowledge you as well amir is is that is that you know you know amir's not just about himself just so every and i think that's really clear uh just just for 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 this how how, how again you know uh you know you made a huge difference in the lives of your customers and the lives of your team but also amir is really wanting to make a difference with our operators you know he's really he came out to speak at our training uh he, he had one specific uh a podcast that was that was he and Austin really dug in ar around how a student works operator can really build a business and and so I highly recommend for anyone involved in student works but but to speak to Amir and speak to all our our leaders and listeners is is again it's it's just um, just trying to widen that impact and that's really I know that's what you're doing and again that's what you're doing on our pod is here this is what I'm this this is what I'm up to. And just like we benefit, because I know you and I are both listening to other podcasts, mm. reading other books. And so, the, so we are so fortunate because they actually come from uh, ahead of us and they're telling us what we did, right? Mm. Like, like one of the greatest things about life is there's been all these humans around. Let's see what they're doing, <laughs> you know, and let's just, let's just track them and look from them, right? Mm. It's just so easy, um, you know, in that regard, right? The, 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 the clues are there for us. Yes. And it, it, it's, it, it's incredible and it works. And mm -hmm. I really wanted to use this as a case study. Mostly it was for my brothers at first, my biological brothers. And, and, and now it, it's just become like, Hey, like I look, I've actually put this to the test. Yes. This works. It mm -hmm. is, it is hard. It hurts. It's painful. Yeah. But now it's like, well, it's, it's January you know, businesses shut down. And all of a sudden, I can truly say my life has completely changed from a financial perspective. Yes. As a 21-year-old, I now have resources to truly start living a life that I want to author versus mm -hmm. being at the mercy of the marketplace and, and job applications. And right. all my friends now are stressing about how good their resume looks. Right. These are things I don't have to worry about because I've taken advantage fully of this opportunity that you offered me, Chris. So right. I truly, I want to actually use this opportunity to say thank you again. Um, for this, and you, you've been deploying all of this all the time. Uh, you keep your word as much, uh, you know, as any person I know. You don't mm -hmm. compromise ever. Mm -hmm. um, you have weekly calls with your people. You trust the power of input. Yeah. But the one that fascinates me the most, and I remember po pointing this to you before I made these rules, is how much you trust your brand. Right. To the point you trust it with like 19, 18 year olds running around for the first time ever. <laughs> that's right. And and it works. And and that's why you're here. And that's and, yeah. That's so that's so so cool. I I never I never really thought about it that way, but you're right. It's yeah. like it's like I just, you know, we we literally go and say, Okay, <laughs> this person's gonna handle it. <laughs> so you do that, right? And then yeah. now with, you know, uh, market opportunities opened up, the will to conquer and dominate, I can mm -hmm. see it in your eyes. And now it's just mm -hmm. all about execution. And yeah. I can't wait to see what this organizing, organization is, will do and has been doing. So uh, yeah. yeah, thank you so much.
for everything. Well, well, well thank well thank thank you very much. And 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 again, it's it's uh, so so. Anything else you want to leave our our leaders with, Amir, today? Um, yeah, I'll leave you with the whole point of that game. Yeah, and the whole point of the game that I've made was to prove all these people wrong. So if you're listening to this and you're still skeptical, great. Here is my challenge. Yeah. And all these six rules you have to do for this next business of yours, this next job that you want. Yeah. And here's how you win the game. You win the game by doing all of these things and then not hitting your goal. Right. That's how you win. So for example, this summer, by me hitting my goal, I lost. Right. And in 2019, Elon Musk also lost because he right. made 346 million. <laughs> and Mark Zuckerberg also lost because he cleared 27 billion. And believe it or not, Jeff Bezos uh, also lost even after uh, the divorce settlements and losing a lot of his net worth. He ended up increasing his net worth by billions and billions and billions. And he's now right. back to number one. And he think I think he just surpassed. 161 billion in net worth. Right. So that's how you do. And if you end up winning this game by doing all these things, I want you to reach out to me and I'm going to have a, a prize for you and we can, <laughs> we, can, we can celebrate and we can have our own discussion there. But that's what I want to leave um, the viewers with is just whatever it is, whether it's a, a chip on your shoulder or anything like that, go out and try and prove it and build a system or a game for yourself that drives you. I was, I was driven by pessimism, which may yeah. not be the healthiest. Right. Um, but I said, hey, you know what? If that's what exists here, if that's what's really driving me, gets my mind going, gets my body going, then that's what I'm going to pursue. So find that fire, harness it like I have with my own game, make up your own game, yeah. follow it religiously, and, and go out to prove people wrong. And uh, I think a lot, of, a lot of good things can happen because you'll end up proving... And actually not proving, just discovering who you truly are. And that's the whole point Absolutely. of this. Let's, let's set yeah. big goals to truly find out what we're capable of. Because we, we deserve to live our best life. This is our one chance at it. And yeah. I think business and entrepreneurship is the best way to benchmark who you truly are as a person. Absolutely. Well, Amir, thank you very much for joining us today on the Leaders of Tomorrow podcast. Just, Thanks just, for uh, having me, Chris. Uh, I appreciate it. Well, well, well done, sir. We'll be talking soon, as you know. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> okay. Of course. Okay. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, leaders. I hope you enjoyed this episode. By now, you are aware that we work with ambitious students every single year to not only help them run their first successful business, but to further their development as a leader and give them an unfair advantage in the future over their counterparts. It's why starting now and only for the next few weeks, we'll be on campuses across Ontario, Quebec, and the East Coast, interviewing students who think they have what it takes to start their first business and get started down their path of entrepreneurship. If you think you have what it takes or know someone who might be interested, visit leaderspodcast.ca slash apply and start your application process today. Once again, it's leaderspodcast.ca slash apply, and I can't wait to see you on the other side.